I, I go to conferences sometimes, and every message, if you summed them up in one sentence, it would be, you can make it. And I'm like, I know. I don't know that I need a preacher to tell every time I go to church to tell me I can make it. Brother Ron, we're going to make it. I don't know that I need anyone to tell me, oh, you can make it. I, I don't have any doubt. Now, maybe you have some doubts, but I don't have any doubts. We're going to make it. Amen. We're getting through it. Whatever comes our way, our God has not left us. He's not rejected us. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I go to a conference, I hear other people preaching. I don't, I don't just want to hear a you-can-make-it message. I want a meat message. I want the meat of the word. I don't want somebody just kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 cheerleading me on that you can make it. I want someone to tell me how. I don't want you to just give me a fish. I want you to teach me how to fish. I want to know how to get from point A to point B. I, I want to know what God's going to do and how God's going to do that. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't just need encouragement. You know, you know, listen, it's not enough to hug a sheep, a sheep. You have to feed them. I'm sure the sheep appreciate a hug. The sheep appreciate uh, one of the days we're going to have a hugging service, right? We need one. I'm sure that little sheep appreciates a pat on the head and call him by name and hug on him a little bit. But listen, more than that, he needs food. If you stop feeding that sheep, he doesn't care about a hug anymore. He wants, I almost said lamb chops, but that ain't right. That will not work. That's kind of eating your own kind, isn't it? That just uh, yeah, that's, no, but no, but whatever sheep eat, right? <laughs> they eat grass. And in fact, let me throw this out. You know that you know Jesus says sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the sheep and the wolves. You heard the expression "a wolf in sheep's clothing." So I'm going to tell you how to tell the difference. You want to know how to tell the difference? Anybody? A sheep. You can always tell by what they eat. A sheep will always eat. Sheep food. A wolf will eat sheep. Anytime you see one member devouring another one, one's a sheep and one's a wolf. Anytime you see somebody causing division in the house of God, that might be the wolf because he's eating sheep. Anytime you see somebody who puts people down and, and hates on people and criticizes and tears them down, that, my friend, is a wolf. You can tell by what they eat. Oh, that's a good word. We could just go home now. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So then I ask you this question. Did God really push aside and reject his people? Absolutely not. Paul says, I myself am a Jew. I'm a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. But listen, watch what he says. God has not rejected his chosen, destined people. 
I know it's talking about Jews, but can we put this in, in a frame of reference that we can relate to this morning? You are chosen. You are destined. You are picked out. God has, God has put his hand on you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. Am I helping somebody this morning? He, then, then, then Paul said, haven't you heard Elijah's testimony in the Scriptures and how Elijah prays to God and agonizes over Israel? Watch this example about Elijah. Lord, here's Elijah praying. I know some of you prayed the same way. I've done it too. Lord, they've murdered your prophets. They've demolished your altars. Now I'm the only one left. I'm the only one living right in Journey Life Center. Sometimes I hear people say they do a little something for the Lord and they act like they're the only ones doing anything. Have you ever got so busy just doing stuff for the Lord and for the church or whatever, you just you start getting mad at people who don't do anything? And then you kind of get it in your head, you're the only one doing anything? All right, you're not you're going to lie to me, Okay. We all have those moments where we think, Lord, I'm praying an hour a day. What's wrong with the rest of those people? Listen, now I'm the only one left, and they want to kill me. He thought he was the only one left. But what was the revelation God spoke to him in response? You are not alone. Boy, that's a word, isn't it? We've been locked up and in our caves and can't get around anybody, can't even see family, can't even hold the hand of someone dying in the hospital, your, your own mother, your own relative. You can't, sometimes you can't even be there when they, when they pass. Can't go to the hospital with them. Yeah. But here's a word. You are not alone. For I have preserved a remnant for myself. Seven thousand others who are faithful and have refused to worship Baal. Hey, Elijah, there are 7,000. You know, that really encourages me because God counts them. He knew exactly how many he had. Not 6,999. I've got 7,000 exactly who have not bowed their knee, who have not worshipped the idols, who have not compromised, who have not given up. You may feel like you're all alone, Elijah, but I've got a word for you. They're all over the place. They might be in hiding. You may not know where they are exactly, but I know who they are, and I know where they are. You might feel alone, but I'm here to tell you, God knows your name. God knows what you're going through. God has your God has what you need to get through this hour. Give him a praise. Amen. I know. I know where they are. God has not rejected or left us. We are chosen. We are destined. Look at Jeremiah chapter 12. Poor Jeremiah. You got to read his story. Poor guy. I mean, I wish I had time to talk about all the stuff they did to Jeremiah. He was the weeping prophet. Now I know why. He said, so here's Jeremiah. He says, you are right, O God, and you set things right. I can't argue with that. But I do have some questions. Have you ever had some questions? Oh, be honest. I've had some questions. Why do bad people have it so good? Uh, I'm relating. I'm relating to somebody. 
and, and why do con artists make it big? <laughs> Boy, if I wanted to misbehave. You, plant, you planted them, and they put down roots. They flourished and produced fruit. They talk as if they're old friends with you, but they couldn't care less about you. Do you ever, you ever meet these people that talk all about God? They don't know him. They just use that to make you think they're right. Meanwhile, you know me inside and out. You don't let me get by with a thing. Have you ever, you ever, you ever done that? Lord, so-and-so lives like the devil, and, and they say they're a Christian. I, I do one little thing, and you get on my case. <laughs> oh, you know it's the truth. <laughs> Make them pay for the way they live. Oh, hang on, Jeremiah. <laughs> Pay with their lives like sheep marked for the slaughter. Woo! Jeremiah is having one of those days. Back up, Jeremiah. Hold on now. Let's not, let's not get carried away. But listen, God answers him. How many want to know what the answer is? God says in verse 5, I think it is. Let's just go to 5. So Jeremiah... If you're worn out in this foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses? So what? So so he's going boo, oh God, and 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 God just says, oh that's okay, poor baby. Nah, he says if you can't keep up now, it's gonna get worse. Thank you, Lord. That's that word from the Lord you wish you'd never gotten. Instead of the Lord saying, all right, all right, I'll make, I'll make life easier. I'll make things better for you. God says, you need to put your big boy pants on because it's going to get rougher. We don't want to hear it. But I'm telling you, that verse actually blessed me because if you look at it wrong, you say, how in the world am I going to run against horses? I, I can't run faster than a horse. But you know what encourages me? If God said it, that means I can do it. You know what that scripture says to me? God's going to do something supernatural in me, and I'm going to be able to outrun horses. I'm going to have more energy than I have now. God's going to give me more ability than I've ever had. God's going to work miracles because you and I know not, there's not one person in this room who can outrun a racehorse. But by God's grace and power, God's going to supernaturally move upon people in this church, and we're going to do the impossible through God's grace. Amen. Ah. Uh, weren't so old, I'd run all over this place. Oh, I know. I could do it, though. If not, I always got uh, one of the Taylor brothers. They'll run for me. Woo! Glory to God. I feel the Lord up here. It's about time. Thank you. Do you ever have one of those days where it's just rough? Oh, apparently you don't. Okay. Jesus, help us. And by the way, there's an example of that actually happening in Scripture. Go back to Elijah, right? 
He prays for rain. It starts pouring down rain. I mean gully washer, frog drowning. I heard that phrase down south. Frog drowning rain, right? It's just coming down. Floodwaters, raining like crazy. King Ahab gets in his chariot with his horses. Yeah, let's get out of here before the roads flood out. And this horses, they're flying down the road. And here comes Elijah on foot. So here, here he is running these horses wild, and Elijah. And Elijah passes him, and he's got horses. I know you don't relate, but let's put it this way. You're driving down Highway 70, 71, at 70 miles an hour because you don't speed. And as you're going down the interstate, some guy runs past your car. That would freak you out. That would be an angel probably. (laughs) How many know it would take a miracle? How many need a miracle? We need a miracle to get through this season. We need a miracle of encouragement. We need God's grace and power to get through what we need to go through. Listen, I got a word you don't want to hear. It rains on everybody. Let's look at it the positive first. It rains on the just and the unjust. Now, I wish it weren't that way. I, 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 it, because if it wasn't, can you imagine how the church would grow if it didn't rain on people who were sinners? You know, your grass is green and your neighbor's is drying up. A rain cloud comes over and it just rains on your property because God's a mean God. Let me tell you something. God's a good God. And he rains on the just and the unjust. He, he sends the rain on everybody. He, that's his heart. He's Father God. He's blessing everybody. You got a problem with that? He blesses, he's a merciful, loving God. You know what, he, he's, he's hoping that, that people will get saved because of the goodness of God, that they'll start to acknowledge him and bless him. I don't know how many times God worked a miracle in a sinner's life, and I say, my God, they need to be thankful. They need to recognize it was God who did that. So it rains on the just and the unjust because we have a good, good Father. Amen. If you're saved, the God is your Father. Amen. You know what that means? You have His DNA. We've heard a lot about DNA lately. It's like, who's your daddy? Now I forgot that guy's name again. Maury. Maury Povich. We're going to bring him in next Sunday, and we're going to start doing some analysis and figure out who your daddy is. 
You know what the good news about DNA is? You don't need the whole body to figure out what your DNA is. All you need is a hair. All you need is just one hair or just a little bit of saliva or, or a fingernail. It doesn't take much. Every little part of your body screams, I am a child of the king. My DNA proves it, amen. I don't need everything. Just a little part of me can prove that I am a child of the king. Pastor, how did you get that way? I've been born again. I'm no longer in the devil's family. I'm in God's family. He supernaturally changed my DNA, and now he's my daddy. Ah, I praise the Lord. Woo. Boy, if that doesn't encourage you, you're not saved in the first place. I like what James says. James says the word is engrafted in us. It's the word there, the Greek word really is implanted within us. So, so some of us is just a seed and some of us it's more. And sometimes, sometimes we don't act like Christians. I, I, I'm not talking about you, but somebody you know. But that doesn't mean they don't have the right DNA. Spiritually, they have God's DNA. They just haven't renewed their mind to the point where it's taken over everything. Oh, God, give us, change us, that we might be the people God has called us to be. Let's get to Isaiah 62, and let's talk about this. You still with me? Isaiah 62 and verse 1, talks. Isaiah talks about this. He said, for Zion's sake... I will not hold my peace for Jerusalem's sake. Remember, they're in bondage. They're in the 70 years. I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. He said, I'm not going to rest till God breaks out. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name. Come on now. He's got a new name for us, which the mouth of the Lord will name. People want to put names on you, but God's going to put a name on you. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Anybody getting the feeling he loves you? You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land be no more termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah. Say it with me, Hephzibah. That means his delight. We just don't feel it sometimes that God actually delights in us. He dances over us. Have you ever just have you ever have you ever failed him? He said, God, why would you even look at it like, like, like the scriptures, a dog like me, right? Why would you? Yeah. This is weird, but God delights in us. We talk about getting in his presence like he's, you know, this old man with a hammer sitting up there saying, well, y'all know where I am. Come, you know. No. It's not just about us trying to get in his presence. He wants to be in ours. 
He sits in the praises of his people. Oh, my God, that hit me. He's seated. He hears the praise. He said, oh, I love them. I love them. And now they're loving on me. Let me, let me go down there. Let me go down there. I want to be in their presence. They're, they're, that, that's my, that's my hefzibah. I want to sit in their presence. Maybe one day you'll get what I'm saying. I can't get this by, by talking to your head. This is a heart thing. Hephzibah. I delight in you. As a, as a newlywed, newly, newlywed husband to his, to his new bride, I, I delight in you. And what about your land? And your land will be called Beulah. Beulah means married. He said, I thought God was my father. He is. I'm talking about Jesus. Because he's the bridegroom. And we're the bride. And then there's Father God. Ah, Beulah. I'm going to call your land. I'm going to call your life. I'm going to call your thoughts. I'm going to call your journey. I'm going to call everything about you Beulah. Everything about you is married to me. I'm responsible for you. My hand is on you. You are Beulah. You're my delight. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. Next time, next time, the devil tries to take something from you. You just let him know in no uncertain terms, I'm married to the Lord. You can't have me. You can't have my stuff. You can't have my family. You can't have my mind. You can't have my health. You can't have my finances. It's all married. It's all married. That means it belongs to the Lord. We are not rejected or ruined. We are his delight, and we are married to him. Whew. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 7, and we'll, we'll close this. You guys can come up if, you, if you're ready. Matthew 7. And you know the story. We'll close with this. You okay? I'm just, do you ever get overwhelmed with the love of God? here right now. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, have I been sharing some sayings here? And does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew. It beat on that house. And it did not what? Fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. 
I want to tell you something. You may want to, you may want to even write this down. Maybe I should have put it on the screen, but listen. Let me say it right. It's not that bad things don't happen to good people. It's that when bad things pass over, good people are still standing. You see, they both went through a storm. They, they, both of their houses were attacked. The wind blew against both houses. The rain came against both houses. The flood came against both houses. The saved and sinner, we face the same storms. But when it's all said and done, what's the difference then? What difference does it make if, if, if we're all just going through the same thing? The difference is when the storm passes, I'm still standing. That's what he promised me. When it's all said and done, I'm still standing. I'm still okay. I still have the joy of the Lord. I'm still, if I lose it all, I'm still standing, amen. But you got to build it on the rock. And the rock is Jesus. Where, where's our country going? What's, what's happening uh, to, our, to the churches? What's, what's, what's going on in, in the world and all the, all the stuff that it seems like we're moving rapidly now towards one world government? Every, what is happening? What is happening? Don't worry about what's happening. <laughs> he's either in charge or he's not. And he's in charge. I said he's in charge. You either trust that or you don't. And once you get that in your head, oh, come hell or high water, whatever comes your way, you can trust him. You know when it passes, when it passes, you will still be standing. We're going to be okay. Stand with me. I said we're going to be okay. We are standing on the rock. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know what, I'm, what you're going through, I, but I do know this. You're in his hand, and nobody can take you out of his hand, and no devil can take you out of his hand, and no circumstance can take you out of, your, out of his hand. I'm telling you, by the authority of God's word, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing Come what may, let it come. Our trust is in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord. We may face some storms in the weeks, months, years to come, but after it passes, we're still standing. We're still standing. Father, I love you today with all there is within me. And I praise you today. Thank you. Thank you. For naming me Hephzibah. For naming me Beulah. Thank you for giving me your DNA. I am a child of the King. Thank you for Jesus. Your son. That you have given to the church for marriage. Thank you for the marriage supper of the Lamb that's coming. Thank you for the Holy Spirit 
who leads, guides, convicts, takes us through this world, this wilderness. We pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For Christians who have always had it hard, Christians in underground churches in China, Christians persecuted in Russia, Christians being killed in Africa. Father, they have joyfully laid their life down. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Wow.